It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. I mentioned in last Monday's episode that I, at the beginning of 2023, stopped using TikTok, at least the daily usage. (laughs) I deleted it from my phone and only go on it occasionally for two purposes. One, to check and see if my sister has sent me any videos. And two, if I'm doing something business related for one of my clients. And that is through the web version. I have not opened it on mobile at all. And I'm recording this on January 11th. So it's been 11 days. And 11 days feels like a long period and a short period at the same time. Relatively short, but well, relative, I guess, to time in general, but relative for me, 11 days off of TikTok, which I've been using likely every day since October 2019. It's a lot of time. The only times that I've abstained have been when I've traveled. And if I went like a couple days without checking TikTok, I would feel like, wow, it's been so long. (laughs) And that's interesting, right? I think when we have habits, especially those daily habits, when we have addictions or things that are close to addictions, it skews our viewpoints a bit. It puts a heaviness or a weight and importance on elements of our life. And if we step away from them, we can really re-examine it. I'm not someone who typically does things like social media detoxes. I have done things like the National Day of Unplugging, which happens every March, by the way. I just got an email from them this morning, and I'm really looking forward to that. I did that, I think, the last two years in 2022 and 2021. And it was a really interesting exercise to not use devices. I think it starts on a Friday night and it goes until a Saturday night. I think it's sunset or sundown to sundown. Could be wrong. (laughs) I'll link to that in the resources along with anything else I mentioned today at wellevator.com. National Day of Unplugging. In the show notes for every episode, if you scroll down to the bottom, there are links. So if you're ever wondering, like, what was that day Whitney mentioned? (laughs) That'll be there. And I remember when I, either the first or second time I did the National Day of Unplugging, thinking to myself, what do I do with my time? That was the most interesting element of it. And recognizing how much I depend on technology. And this 11 days so far of of being off the TikTok app and no longer having that or any social media, by the way, I've deleted off my phone all of the social media apps and only use them on my computer as needed. For example, I I went to Facebook. I don't even remember why. I'm not a big Facebook user, but I kind of count that as as social media usage because it is. It's a social platform. But to cut out the usage of all of those apps, both in this current period and in in that practice of the unplugging, it's fascinating because I find that I depend on them a lot more than I was fully conscious of. I knew a TikTok for years. That was my go-to for 
disconnecting from unplugging, ironically, right? Like unlike the National Day of Unplugging, which means literally avoiding electronics, mostly devices, also including televisions, but just noticing our relationship with technology in general. It's a 24-hour practice is really interesting because I would see how I would go towards something. And the same thing has been true with being off of TikTok because that is my go-to every time I feel tired or stressed. And I have experienced a few days of deep frustration. So for example, just before I did this recording, I had finished up a group coaching session. And I love doing that. Well-being coaching has become a deep passion of mine and something I plan to do more and more of. I started offering group coaching in December 2022 and do it every week with a small group of people. You're, you're welcome to be one of them, by the way. I will link to that in the resources as well. That's part of Beyond Measure, which is my private community. And I experimented with adding in the group coaching and noticed how fulfilling it is. But despite it being fulfilling, I still feel drained from it. And this is an ongoing reflection for myself is what gives me energy could also simultaneously be draining me of energy. What makes me feel good and fulfilled and all those positive things can be a lot. But what I don't know, what I'm experimenting with and what's part of what's driving me towards continuing to stay off platforms like TikTok indefinitely is wondering, do I really feel drained or is this part of an addiction? Is this part of my brain craving things that I don't actually want or need? That's what I don't fully understand yet. Because if something like group coaching brings me so much joy and satisfaction, why do I feel drained afterwards? Not saying that's impossible. It's kind of like public speaking, which I also love. But every time I speak publicly, even sometimes when I record these episodes, I kind of consider them mostly I'm referring to live speaking in front of a live audience or doing a live virtual session. I get such an adrenaline rush and sometimes it feels uncomfortable. It's like the butterflies in my stomach. And that will last sometimes for hours. Sometimes it starts days before I do something public, a presentation. And so, yes, I love it, but it's bringing my arousal state way up. And then I'm done with it. And it's like a relief, but also a drop. And so that I can see as draining. And maybe that's what's going on. But it was interesting today how as soon as I finished the group coaching, I wanted to go lie in bed and be on social media, mostly TikTok because that's what I've been doing for years. I haven't kept precise track, but like I said, I'm willing to estimate. I'm willing to estimate. I was going to say I'm willing to bet, but I'm estimating that it's been almost every single day that I spend at least an hour. And I would build this into my day. I would say, okay, anytime I'm feeling tired or drained, I'm going to give myself permission to go lay in bed or on the couch and be on TikTok without judgment. And I felt good about that. I still feel good about that. I don't judge that in hindsight either. It's that I would like to find alternatives. And that has been surprisingly tough. Now, I was able to jump into this podcast recording instead of going to take a break. And now I'll have to find out, was that a good choice for me or not? Because sometimes when I stack two draining things back to back, I'm extra drained. And I'm trying to really notice how my energy rises and falls throughout the day and what activities and how do I rejuvenate and rest and 
recover from things. That's incredibly important. But I don't want social media to be part of that recovery because it's not really recovery. In fact, what my biggest concern with social media amongst the subject, which has come up many times in recent episodes, if you'd like to go back, I've talked about my overall perspectives and feelings on social media. But when it comes to my daily usage of a platform like TikTok, I don't want to turn to that to try to feel relief because it's not really relief. On TikTok, it's designed to give this constant feeling of a dopamine rush. And it's almost like playing slot machines, which semi-ironically, I suppose, a few days ago, I went to the casino And it's not something I do that frequently, but I've gone a couple times in the last few months and slot machines are my favorite. I walk into the casino and the lights and the sounds and the smells, it's interesting. I noticed this time in particular, there's like a vanilla smell. I'd actually love to research this, why that particular smell is pumped in casinos. Maybe it's because there's smokers in there. I don't know. But there's a smell to a casino. So it's a sensory overload. And for someone like me who's highly sensitive, it's interesting because I like all of that. (laughs) It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel alive and excited. And given that experience, that's what I've felt on a platform like TikTok, much like walking into the casino, but also being on a slot machine and just pressing a button over and over again waiting for a hit. That's TikTok. Every scroll is the possibility of a video that's going to stimulate me, that's going to give me that dopamine rush, that pleasure that I've been craving. And I don't want to be experiencing that so frequently. Just like I don't want to go to the casino all the time. I'm happy to go to the casino maybe once a year, maybe twice if it happens, but I'm not going to go to the casino every day or every week. Because that probably would turn into an addiction. I would probably lose more than I gained. And that's also my issue with TikTok is that I was approaching it either to gain something or to feel neutral, to numb out. But if I look at it like a slot machine, if I look at it like a casino game, the house is always going to win. And that actually gives me a very disturbed feeling inside is TikTok is essentially the casino. TikTok is essentially the house. And thus, they are always going to win. I'm always going to be somewhat of a loser. It's never going to be 50-50. I think at a casino, maybe your best odds are like 49-48%, but there's still a 1% loss. No matter how conscious you are, how good you are at playing the game, how self-aware There's always a loss. And do you want to live your life always losing, always a little depleted? And I think that's part of my view with TikTok in general is that because of how they're designed, the companies must win in the end. And they're taking something from us. And if are they taking our energy? Are they taking our self-esteem? Are they putting us into the comparison trap? We know from research, and I think I mentioned this on some episodes because of all the reading I've been doing lately, is that the social media companies realize that rage and anger and frustration and judgment and all of these intense emotions tend to drive people to use social media more. So thus, they've 
prioritize that. So we're exposed to more of that negativity. That reminds me of something explored in the coaching session I did today, which is called the feelings wheel. And I'm going to put that in the resources too for you to check out. It's, I don't know, tons of emotions. There's so many. It's color-coded. And I'm interested in this moment to think about some of these emotions from social media. So in the wheel, it starts off in the middle with one, two, three, four, five, I think seven, seven emotions. Bad, fearful, angry, disgusted, sad, happy, and surprised. How interesting. This wheel, most of them are kind of negative. And I think that's exactly my experience with social media is it's very common for me to feel bad about myself. Okay. Now within this feelings wheel, it it broadens out. There's three circles and they expand upon one another. So for the bad feeling, there are emotions like boredom, busyness, stress, and tired. And those in its, itself are the reasons I tend to use a platform like TikTok. I use TikTok when I feel bored. I use it when I'm stressed and tired. And I've noticed in the past 11 days getting frustrated when I feel bored and I'm not using TikTok because TikTok was my solution to boredom. And now I'm like, okay, what am I going to do instead? And I'll get into some of the things I'm doing instead. I want to stay on this feeling wheel for a moment. Same thing when I feel stressed. And stress in this feeling wheel is also about feeling out of control or or overwhelmed or out of control. Huge reasons I would use TikTok because I felt like maybe I could control the feelings a little bit if I use TikTok because I get to scroll through and do my own thing and I'm overwhelmed. But oddly... TikTok overwhelms me because there's so much information. If I spend an hour on TikTok, I could be seeing at least on average four videos a minute. Okay. Like if they're on average 15 seconds and there's that's four 15 second videos a minute. So I could be seeing 240 videos on average within that hour span. That's absolutely nuts. Talk about overwhelm. That's overwhelming. That's an overwhelming amount of content if you were to break that down. And yet I was doing that all the time. Sometimes I would sit there for two hours. So I might be seeing 500 videos. So it's odd that I'm going to a platform like TikTok because of the feeling like overwhelm and overwhelming myself too. So that's what I'm talking about, the depletion and the loss that's happening, maybe without me even realizing it. There's another section in the feeling wheel, which is fearful. And that could be feeling scared, anxious, insecure, weak, rejected, and threatened. I feel so many of those emotions on TikTok. Sometimes it built my anxiety. I would go to TikTok when I felt anxious, but I also would feel more of it. Maybe TikTok points out things that I might feel worried about. It, it's showing current events. And oh my gosh, I didn't realize this bad thing was happening in the world. Now I feel worried about something that I wouldn't have been worried about if I had not known about it. You know, overwhelm is also part of anxiousness, according to this wheel. Being scared, feeling helpless. Sometimes I would go to TikTok and feel empowered because I would learn something new, but other times it would point out things and I felt like I couldn't change them. So I did feel helpless. Insecurity. Oh, big. This is probably one of the main reasons I stopped using TikTok, at least temporarily. I'm not saying I'm done with it. I'm just saying right now I'm not using it. But insecurity, inadequacy, and inferiority felt all of the time. Those were some of the lowest emotions I felt on that platform. And yet 
maybe I hoped that I could feel more adequate and feel more secure if I just kept scrolling, just like a slot machine. I'm losing money right now, but maybe if I keep playing, I'll win more. And that happens sometimes. As I mentioned, I went to the casino a few days ago and I think lost everything, which is fine. I'm I'm someone that's very financially conscious about how much money I, I spend. I have limits. And I go in realizing that because the house always wins, I'm probably going to lose. So if you go in with that realization, you can walk out maybe not feeling so bad, but it's manipulating your emotions just like social media, right? So the previous time I went to the casino, I won big time. I think I won the most amount of money I've ever won from a slot machine. So going back there again, there's always that hope that I will win again. That's how they work. That's how they play with your emotions. You might be down, but there's always a chance if you have some money left that you could bring it back up and maybe even exceed. And anyone that's gambled before may have experienced that common emotion of, oh, I just won some money. Should I walk away with my winnings or should I keep playing because I could win more? In my experience, when I have that thought, it's very unlikely I'll win more <laughs> because I'm also I've been playing slot machines off and on. I think the first time I did a slot machine was 2008, I want to say. And in those times, I count on one hand the times that I've won more than I put in. Most of the time, I either walk out even and I say, okay, I might win some money, but if I come back to the money that I put in the machine, I'm not going to go under it. So I'm neutral. But most of the time, I spend the money that I put in and then I leave. And even though consciously I might feel okay with it, there's still a bit of a feeling of, wow, if I added up all the money, as small as it might be, I mean, I'll do the math right now. I love numbers. Okay. So it's 2023. So 2008 was 15 years ago. And let's say I go to the casino maybe once a year. So I'm going to throw in my number. It's actually not that much. Okay, I feel a little bit better. I won't tell you what my number is, but I I have a dollar amount that I'm willing to spend. And now that I look at it, I'm like, okay, so I've lost that much. But it's still money that I've lost. Was it worth it? That's the big question. Was it worth it? And I think that's what I'm really reflecting on with TikTok is, is it worth it? Going back to the feeling wheel, I mentioned anger. Okay, so this category is what most social media uses to keep us engaged. And anger can be feeling let down, humiliated, bitter, mad, aggressive, frustrated, distant, and critical. Critical is huge. The criticism is one of the biggest driving factors in general. And I can't stand that element of social media. It's just the worst feeling to feel criticized. But when I look at angry feelings like distant, which are further defined as withdrawn or numb, I am often, as I mentioned, going to TikTok with the hopes of feeling withdrawn or numb. Those are my aims. But now that I see on this wheel that that's part of being distant and angry, do I want to be distant and angry as a human being? No. So why am I engaging in that so frequently? Why do I want to feel further frustrated and annoyed? Why do I want to be provoked and hostile, furious, or jealous? Jealous, which in this wheel is part of being mad and angry. I don't want to be mad or angry. So why do I want to be jealous? <laughs> and again, like I don't that's part of the fear and insecurity and adequacy. Ugh. Like I look at these emotions and just feel a bit disgusted. 
And for someone like me, I literally need to sit down and weigh out the pros and cons. And that, that's part of what I'm not, I haven't literally done that yet. Maybe I will as an exercise and use this feelings wheel and just say, okay, how many of these things that I experience on a platform like TikTok are good? How much does TikTok make me happy? I've said before, it feels like it brings me joy. Okay. So if I look at this wheel, sometimes it feels playful. I feel positive arousal. You know, joyful's on here under content. TikTok piques my interest. It taps into my curiosity. It answers questions. I sometimes feel accepted and respected or valued on there, but that's mostly if I'm posting or as I mentioned, posting comments and a lot of people are liking them. But I don't really like that feeling, to be honest, because it feels too superficial. So it's not really acceptance or value. It, it's, it's like a temporary feeling of that, which doesn't feel enough. I wouldn't say that I feel powerful unless I post a video that gets tons of views. But again, that's a temporary power. I might feel creative, though. That's a positive emotion. Again, if I'm posting on there, most of the time I spend on TikTok is observing, viewing. I don't think I ever feel peaceful. There are some accounts I follow that are like meditation accounts, but amongst, let's say, those 240 videos I see in an, in an hour, most of them are not peaceful. So I might feel 10 seconds of peace amongst that hour. Is that enough for me? Do I feel optimistic and hopeful sometimes? But again, it's even the ratios too. If you do that math, one thing I've considered doing, but it feels like a lot of work, <laughs> is to note down how I feel after every single video. That's a lot of work if I'm averaging 240 videos an hour, but it could be an interesting exercise. I might only make it to 50 videos if I'm taking notes on each and every one of them, but I could pull up this feeling wheel and just say, what, how'd this video make me feel? And then I could see the percentages. For someone like me that likes math <laughs> and data, that could be useful. And, and maybe if I decide to re-download TikTok, to use as a viewer, because I will take a moment to say I've been working on a new podcast series that I would like to post clips on on TikTok because of the style. I'll keep you posted if that all comes together as planned. But I was thinking the other day, like, okay, I could just post videos from my computer on TikTok. So I'm uploading, but not viewing if I want to create those barriers. But I also need to create some boundaries because in the past, when I've posted videos on a platform like TikTok, I can get caught up in the addiction of the validation, right? With these emotions, I might feel a desire to keep checking to see how many people viewed my video. Do I feel respected and valued? Do I feel powerful? But what if instead, and this is something I, I think a lot about, if, if creativity is key to my happiness, which it often is, if feeling free and joyful and confident, I could have all those within myself intrinsically, internally. And what if I was driven by that? That's something I've been asking myself a lot for 2023 since I've been feeling a lot of discomfort and negativity and out of alignment with social media as a whole, but yet still interested in being part of it. What if I could be part of social media for intrinsic reasons? What if I could do it for myself and not for others? That is a big question I'm asking. And having this time away from TikTok and other platforms is helping me clarify that because it's keeping me internal. That was the other big drawback to TikTok. It's literally 
external. It's like when I would lay down in my bed for that hour or so to watch videos, it was almost like, have you ever seen a, like the Matrix or if you saw Ready Player One or read that book, which is based on the metaverse, you know, when somebody puts on some sort of headset and they travel to, through virtual reality or, or whatever technology, they travel into another universe that's digital. It's not real. Their real body is still in the physical realm, but it's not, but their brain is in another spot. Like that's what I felt like I was doing with TikTok. If I was spending that hour, it was like I was having an out-of-body experience. And so thus, it was literally taking me out of myself. Well, not literally. (laughs) But it felt literal, you know, in that sense where like my brain was suddenly zeroed in to this world and then exposed to 240 strangers. That's also nuts. Like, can you imagine in real life walking into a room of 240 people you've never met and going around to have 10 second long conversations with each of them. To me, that would feel so superficial. That would not feel satisfying because I would rather spend an hour with just one of those people. Just like you might be spending an hour with me on the podcast or someone else that you love that you're spending an hour with. Like that is satisfying. But I also want to spend an hour with myself or Let me share some of the alternatives that I've been doing. So since I cut TikTok out of my life for the past 11 days, I've had to readjust. And one of the big things I've been doing is reading a lot more. As I mentioned in most episodes of the show, I love reading. And now I'm reading probably at least twice as much as I used to because I have at least an hour of free time opened up after cutting out TikTok. So... I've experimented with getting into bed and bringing my iPad with me and opening up the Kindle app to read a book, whether nonfiction or fiction. In general, I've been experimenting with reading nonfiction during the day and fiction right before bed. I learned that from the book Stolen Focus that I've referenced several times recently, and I'll I'll put that in the resources for this episode too, because it's part of what inspired me to take this social media break. They had a a section about the impacts of fiction on our brain. And so what if instead of spending 60 minutes seeing 240 videos, I spent 60 minutes reading one book and paying attention to one story and noticing how that impacts my brain, my mental health, all of that. And same thing with uh, nonfiction, just focused on reading that one nonfiction book and focus on that one subject matter for that time. One thing I've discovered through doing that is I usually do not have the desire to read for an hour straight. I haven't calculated it, but it feels like I read in like 15 to 30 minute long spurts and then I'm ready to go do something else, which is interesting because part of that is like feeling antsy because I'm focused on that. I'm focused on one thing for 15 or 30 minutes and then my brain's had enough. And maybe that makes more sense because in TikTok, I could easily go for an hour, but I'm focused on 240 separate things during that time. So especially for someone like me who believes herself to be neurodivergent, it's impacting my focus. It's pulling it here, 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 here versus one book is like, oh, you just have one thing to pay attention to and that feels harder. So I I think that the social media platforms know that about our brains, even if most people aren't neurodivergent. I think in general, the majority of people that spend time on social media 
fall into that category of enjoying their focus being pulled in all different directions. Or maybe thinking, maybe being tricked into enjoying it. Like that's part of the question. Do we actually enjoy this? Do we actually feel satisfied and nourished? And I'm willing to bet most people don't. I'm willing to bet if most people use the feelings wheel or another method of observing how they feel after these periods of indulging in social media that they would find they don't really feel that good. I don't have all the data. If you know me at all, I will probably find the data and come back around in another episode. to better understand this. And that's the other thing too. So I'm spending my time not just reading books, but also tons of articles and newsletters. And this has felt so satisfying to me. One thing I also love to do is to organize, but I don't always have the energy for it. I still haven't found the physical energy to organize my home. And that's deeply frustrating to me. There's stuff scattered around my desk. There's stuff behind me on the floor. The bed isn't always made and it just feels discombobulated. And oh my gosh, my bathroom, like I want to organize that. I've told you I want to start this new podcast series. I want to organize that stuff together. I could just go on and on. And I talked several episodes ago, I did an episode about being functional. And I recommend listening to that to hear how I approach the times where I feel disorganized, but still functional. That's where I'm at physically. In my physical space, it does not feel organized, but it is functional enough. The place that I have an easier time organizing is digitally. And lately, I've been tackling newsletters, email newsletters. You may be able to relate to this because I think a lot of people are in the same boat of subscribing to newsletters and then not reading them. And then you have a massive email inbox of unread messages. I've gone through phases in my life where I've been able to get it to what they call inbox zero. I don't really care that much about inbox zero at this time, but I do like the idea of making progress. (laughs) And I developed what most people would consider to be a very extremely nerdy system, but it has brought me immense pleasure. (laughs) And this is part of with all this extra time I have now from not being on social media. I've turned to things like this. And I now go through every day. I aim, I should say, don't always accomplish, but I aim to go through all the newsletters I receive. So I have my emails separated in different categories. One is like emails I need to respond to. And the other main category is emails I've received with the intention of reading them and learning something. And that second category, I have ignored for a long time, maybe even the past few years due to the fact that I've been spending so much time on social media. Well, since I started reading through most, if not all the newsletters I receive each day, I feel like I've learned so much and learning, feeling educated gives me immense pleasure and it helps me in all different ways. So I created this whole system for myself where I read a newsletter and I then I take that information and I apply it to something and I feel like I'm getting all these things done, feel more productive and efficient. Now, as I've mentioned, my goal is to not feel productive and efficient. I still enjoy it though. It's not the be all end all. I don't define my life based around productivity anymore, but I feel like maybe there's a sense of inspiration happening and that's really important to me. Like feeling excited and inspired is a pleasure I like to lean into. And that often will lead to me getting things done. 
And sometimes I get things done and they're helpful for my clients. They're helpful for friends and family. And they're also helpful for me just going deeper and having an understanding of life and getting that data that I crave. And I think those things, while they're not as exciting and stimulating as social media is in general, they still are exciting and stimulation just on a different level. Again, like a book is. Like a book might not be as thrilling as scrolling through TikTok, but it does have a level of thrill. And that's part of what I'm trying to examine right now in my life is like a drug, I can take a drug and become dependent on the elevated mood and feelings, the way my brain seems to work. Or I can see if I can achieve that naturally and bring down the, I don't know, baseline is the right word, but bring it down to a less extreme version. And I think that using social media has impacted my attention span. And so that has changed a lot. A lot of people say that about TikTok, a huge downside is that people find it hard to read, watch TV and movies because they're used to things being so fast-paced. So anything that feels like a slow pace is not as exciting and stimulating, and they're not used to that slow pace. As I believe I mentioned in last week's episode, I realized one of my big aims in 2023 is to slow down. So this all makes sense. I'm slowing down the input. I'm slowing down the stimulation. I'm bringing my baseline down so that I can achieve a balance. And as I mentioned before, I'm recognizing that I'd like to achieve more wins than losses. I don't want to live my life in that casino-like experience. It's okay every once in a while, but I'd rather have these slower days. It's just now I'm trying to figure out the adapting that I'm in a transition period. I wrote down some other things that I've been trying out and I'll pull out my list. (laughs) One is that this period has felt like a lot of withdrawal. I felt anxiety. A few days ago, I almost gave in. I almost re-downloaded TikTok and I thought to myself, oh, it's okay. Like I'm not trying to beat some streak. I'm not using any sort of rules for myself or guidelines. I'm just experimenting. I'm not trying to go 30 days or a year without social media. I'm taking it day by day. So I thought to myself, it's okay if I break my streak. It's okay if I re-download TikTok, I can delete it again afterwards. And I thought about that. It didn't feel worth it because I felt like I was going to have to start all over again. And I felt like I could be pulled back in. And then I also realized it was a temporary desire to use it. It wasn't like something that was going to be so fulfilling. It didn't feel like a need. It didn't feel deep. It was like I was looking for a quick fix. And then I started to wonder, could I get that fix elsewhere? And that has been surprisingly hard. I even looked up sources of dopamine, you know, because if I felt like I was getting a dopamine rush and a rush of that pleasure from TikTok, where else could I get pleasure from? It was funny because it was actually hard to find immediate sources of pleasure. And that that gave me a lot of context, too, because a lot of the articles I pulled out about dopamine were like taking supplements or doing something like exercise. But you have to build those things up in your system. I started taking daily walks. I don't don't remember exactly what date it was. I feel like it was after Thanksgiving. I was feeling uncomfortable in my body physically. Like I felt just like it was like my body was screaming for exercise. And I thought, okay, what's a gentle, easy, accessible exercise for me? Taking a walk with my dog. And I've been doing it almost every single day 
probably a month and a half, get it going on two months. And it feels really good, but it's taken, it took at least weeks for me to have the buildup of pleasure from the exercise, right? So like, I don't know all this data again about how long your brain needs to feel good about something like that, but it's not instant. So a supplement or exercise didn't feel what I was looking for. I was looking for instant forms of pleasure and dopamine. One of them was sex. (laughs) But I thought, you know what? Most of the time I'm not like, I don't know. I just, it's not having sex or an orgasm or whatever, like any sort of sexual experience, whether it's with myself or another person, like that's not what I want to turn to in the middle of the day after a meeting. There's nothing wrong with it. Like I suppose I could, (laughs) frankly, like that's not the source I wanted to go to either. It's funny, I hadn't even thought about that as an option. (laughs) I mean, like, that's part of where this has been such an interesting experience is like, I seemed more interested in using TikTok than a sexual experience. And like, a sexual experience is so primal and human. And yet that did not feel as tantalizing and arousing than using TikTok. So was, am I? addicted to that? Like, is that part of the definition? I haven't bothered looking up. I don't want to label myself as addicted to TikTok. I'm not trying to deny it, but I'm also thinking like addiction doesn't feel like the right word, but maybe that is what it is. I'm not sure yet. Other things on the list were listening to music. And this actually felt like an avenue for me. I, In general, I feel very comforted and soothed by music. I feel stimulated by music joy from music. And I go through periods where I listen to a lot of music. Other times I barely at all. But one type of music I listen to the most consistently is calming music. I don't know the category that I would put it into. Not quite like, I guess it's instrumental, but music that's designed for well-being. I have listened to things like binaural beats and those have been really helpful. I generally use those things to focus Sometimes I use them if I'm like taking a bath and I wanted to feel like a spa. So I started experimenting more with music. There's even music designed to increase dopamine. It doesn't feel like the same as TikTok, but it was worth a try. I also started using music more consciously to move my body. For instance, I found a song that I got super hooked on. Some people will call this a stim, a form of stimming which is to listen to the song over and over again. I'll do that with certain songs, not even intentionally. It's I'll hear a song and I feel so much pleasure from it that I want to listen to it over and over and over again. I think it was yesterday or the day before there was this one song. I don't even know why, but I lost count of how many times I listened to it and it felt so good and I was dancing and singing and like that is pleasurable. Like dance, talk about primal, like just moving to a song and singing along with it and the throat and like everything oh feels so good but I don't find myself yearning for that experience that much going to a concert and I talk about pleasure that to me is one of the greatest feelings but I go to a concert now maybe once a year at most so that I found myself thinking about the other thing that I started using more intentionally is my Ironically, a tool made by Facebook, which their parent company is called Meta for the metaverse. And about a year ago, I started trying out what was then called the Oculus, 
Now it's called the MetaQuest 2. I mentioned this before. There are a few apps on there that I really love and I've used very intentionally. One of them I think is owned by Facebook and Meta, which is called Supernatural. And I'll put it in the chat because if you have a Quest headset or been thinking about it, I highly recommend checking out Supernatural. All the pros of it weigh out the cons and the con being one, it's $19 a month unless you buy it annually. So it's a monthly subscription. And it's also owned by Meta. From what I know, I almost positive it is. And that to me is like, eh, like they're probably collecting my data. <laughs> Doesn't make me feel that great. But it's so good. The graphics of it are incredible. So you put on the headset, the VR headset, and you hold the controllers in your hands. And then you go into this virtual world that's designed around natural landscape. They have settings in natural parks. They have settings in beautiful parts of the world. I mean, it's amazing. Then they have the sounds. So like your senses are fully stimulated. And then they have these real life instructors who have their virtual versions, but the graphics are so good. They look pretty realistic. Even like their size, you see their whole body, they show up in front of you, kind of like, I guess, Star Trek or something, like they kind of morph in front of you. That's not the right term. I don't, I've never really watched Star Trek, but <laughs> the, one of, the one of the few things I know about Star Trek is like the, the traveling digitally, whatever that's called. Anyway, so they show up like that in front of you and they start talking and they are the kindest people and they're real people because you can actually go on Facebook into the Supernatural group and talk to them and they'll talk back to you. And I found them on TikTok too. And like, you know, I've, I've interacted with these people that do these trainings and they're all recorded. They're not live. And the coolest thing is that you can pick the music that you listen to, sort of. They have all these playlists, hundreds of them. And they, you can organize it in categories based on like what type of music you want to hear. And then you get to choose the level of difficulty because you do a workout with them. And let me tell you, this is to me one of the greatest forms of instant dopamine. So unlike a lot of exercise I've described in which it takes time for me at least to build up the dopamine and the desire, the pleasure for it, Supernatural is like a shortcut because there's so much stimulation happening. It feels a little bit like a video game. You're holding these controllers in your hands and you're either doing boxing moves or you do something they call, gosh, I don't know what it's called. I think it's called flow in there where you're holding kind of like sabers or batons in your hand virtually and your controllers buzz as you hit different, there's like things flying at you and you have to hit them. That's part of your movements. The boxing exercises are designed based on all the boxing styles. They have knee lifts. They have southpaw versus, I'm forgetting all the terms, but like you're doing hooks and all of the traditional boxing moves. And every time you hit something, it vibrates. And the coaches are talking to you as if you're in a real life exercise class and guiding you, coaching you towards these movements. And on top of that, there's music in the category of your choice. It's just so awesome. And you can choose the time frame of it. So I'll go in there and sometimes I just do one song. I'll open up a playlist and I say, all I need is some dopamine right now. I'm going to listen to this one song, do some movements and be done. 
But sometimes I'll go in there for 20, 30, 40 minutes long and do like full on workouts to the point where I'm sweating. Seriously, my temperature goes up. I wear my Apple watch and I track it on there and I can see my heart rate and it's a full on workout. And I just feel so proud of myself and accomplished and excited, but I also get the stimulation of the music. So that to me is one of the best sources of dopamine that I've found in the past year. But it does require a monthly investment plus buying the headset and also being okay with using a tool. Apple, by the way, if you did not know this, Apple is coming out with their own virtual reality headset. It's believed to be sometime in 2023. I love Apple products. It's probably a matter of when, not if I get that, but they're going to have probably their own infrastructure. That's You'll hear me talk about that. I can almost guarantee it because that'll be an exciting day. So you can see me light up. I think I feel the most excited right now in this episode than I have based on anything else I've said. So clearly, I feel an immense amount of dopamine. But I have a few other things I've been trying. One is taking my daily walks that I mentioned with either not taking my phone with me at all or not using my phone. Sometimes, actually, quite often, I listen to audiobooks while I'm taking my walks. feels a little unsafe because I live in a big city and there's crime everywhere in the city. So sometimes I worry that I won't be paying attention. I won't be as alert. So I usually keep the volume down pretty low. But I've experimented recently with not listening to anything. In fact, the other day it was raining, not pouring. So I grabbed my umbrella and I wore my favorite waterproof shoes, which are called Vessies. I'll put the link to them too. They're so comfortable. I wear Vessies all the time. But I especially love them when it's wet out because they're waterproof shoes and or water resistant maybe. And I just walked around in the rain. I went by myself. I didn't bring my dog Evie. I just spent 20, 30 minutes outside. I've also started walking to the grocery store and that also that feels satisfying because I'm accomplishing something and I'm not using any energy from my car and I'm experiencing the grocery store a little bit different when I walk there. And there are several within walking distance. And it just like feels so quaint to do that. And I think taking that time away from social media is interesting because when I'm taking my walks, I see other people that are just looking at their phones. They do that in the grocery store. Certainly I do too, because oftentimes I'm looking at like coupons to use or a, a grocery checklist. But sometimes you'll see people that just are so absorbed in their phones, they're not even aware of how or what other people are doing around them. And the same thing is true when I take my walks. I see people walking their dogs and they're just glued to their phones. And I don't feel like I'm judging them. I'm just observing them in relation to where I'm at now, where I used to do all of those things very frequently too. I used to open up TikTok anytime there was a moment of nothingness. Like if I was in the car and I had to wait for something for five minutes, of course I'd be on TikTok. Now I find myself doing other things. This is part of like the withdrawal period that I'm in. I still go to my phone in those moments. It's still my tendency to turn to it whenever I feel bored, whenever I have a spare moment of time. Even on those walks, while I don't use social media, sometimes I pull up my phone to see if I have any text messages or emails. And most of the time I don't. I could get by easily with checking my phone for messages 
most once an hour. I could probably go and check my phone every two to three hours and not have anything urgent. In fact, I very likely I could go the entire day. I could check my phone twice a day and deal with all my emails then and my texts. And there's part of me that aspires to that. Like that sounds kind of cool. And that's funny because that's the way it used to be. (laughs) The iPhone came out in 2007, I believe. And prior to that, unless you had a BlackBerry or Palm Pilot or whatever those other devices were, you were not checking your phone so much. You might go on your computer a few times a day, but there wasn't that much to do. And now there's just so much to do and most of it is not even necessary. It's just the stimulation. It's just going back to that feeling wheel. I don't want to say just, but it's often we're looking for arousal. We're looking for joy. We're looking for signals that we're respected or valued, that we're loved, that we have information. We're looking to feel less lonely, maybe a way to distract us from grief. Maybe we're in some ways a glutton for punishment and want to feel depressed or empty or inferior. Maybe we want to judge other people or feel embarrassed, cringe at somebody. Maybe we like the humiliation or feel like seeing other people feel humiliated. I'm only halfway through this wheel and so many of these things are part of our lives now with everything that we do. Maybe we feel scared and anxious and overwhelmed. And like I said earlier, we have this hope that what's on our phone is going to change that for us. Maybe we feel weak or rejected. I mean, one of the books I'm reading right now, a fictional book called Fleischman is in Trouble. I started reading that because of the, the TV show on Hulu, which I really enjoyed so much that I'm reading the full book, even though I know the story already. The book is really good. And the beginning of both the book and the TV show are centered around this man who's recently divorced and he is going on dating apps for the first time. And I don't know if ever if it's the first time in his whole life or just since he got divorced and just all of the feelings of feeling accepted and desired, but also feeling rejected, you know, like both of those things happen. I think the value and respect is common plus the rejection and exclusion. One of the things I've been practicing with my newsletter reviews is noticing those feelings, much like I, I thought about doing on TikTok. Part of my newsletter system is to note my feelings because I'm trying to decide which newsletters I want to continue reading and feel beneficial to me versus the newsletters that I'm subscribed to for some unknown reason and they're just adding clutter. Kind of like the Marie Kondo method, right? Just like you would do with your clothing, for instance, picking it up and examining, does this bring me joy? I'm asking that question and more when I read something like a newsletter. And noticing some newsletters have information in them where I feel inferior. I feel like I'm missing out. I feel like I'm less than. I feel like I'm being rejected in a sense. And I wonder, why am I subscribed to this in the first place? But is there some part of me that enjoys that? Is there some part of me that wants that, craves that, needs that? You know, like, it's an interesting thing to reflect upon when we're on these devices, social media or not. Speaking of newsletters, I'd mentioned, I think, in the previous episode how impactful one was to me by CL. And that was a profound experience for me, reading her newsletter, reflecting on on her place in my life, but also the article that she linked to and, and how much that impacted me. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I will link to that for you. 
to go back to. Another newsletter that impacted me on multiple levels is by someone I've been following her work for many years. Her name is Tara McMullen, and she focuses mostly on the business aspect of life, entrepreneurship, small business, etc. She wrote a great book about or a great, great newsletter about slowing down and how baking has helped her slow down and I believe she said like being present like a meditation and I actually have started cooking more and baking more it's typically not something I have done a lot of in my life I'll go through these phases but right now I'm finding immense pleasure from that and after I read her newsletter I thought wow it is like a meditation it is so fun to like tweak and experiment and see how things turn out and then try to improve them if we want to make them again. I made cookies the other night and I had no idea how they were going to turn out. I was pleasantly surprised that they were edible. (laughs) And now I know how how I would change them. And I'm looking at recipes and, and just feeling empowered by that experience. So that to me has actually been a huge benefit to reading and a huge benefit of using technology is the access we have to all this information and inspiration and how I can go and find any recipe, multiple recipes and tips on how to bake and cook. And I'm so grateful for those things. This episode is by no means an anti-technology episode. It's reevaluating my relationship with technology and reassessing it. It's just been such an interesting journey, noticing it, noticing how I'm still feeling the gaps that TikTok has left or the gap of TikTok, I should say by other forms of technology for the most part. And noticing how I'm more open to documentaries. I think because I love information, I've been watching more docu-series and full-length documentaries. I watched one last night and, you know, some of them are sensationalized. Like the one I watched last night is kind of on the true crime realm. And it was interesting, but it kind of felt like I was watching a really long TikTok you know, it was funny enough based on social media in a way. It's called The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. And it's about this man who went viral on social media in 2013, 10 years ago, and his journey from there. And it was fascinating, but it was sensationalized. And there was a lot of questions and it left me feeling a little bit sad. And it didn't really feel like a fulfilling thing to watch. But I was glad that I watched that instead of watching 300, 400 TikToks in the same time span. (laughs) And lastly, I would say the biggest shift I've made in terms of TikTok, at least, is that I have the dynamic with my sister of sending TikToks back and forth. And historically, I will send her probably 10 times the amount of TikToks. And I don't know if that means I spend 10 times more on TikTok. I don't think that's true. But I just constantly find videos that I want to share with my sister so that we can laugh about them or we can learn something together. It's like a bonding for us. And that's something I miss about the TikTok experience. But she hasn't caught on to the fact that I don't use TikTok right now. <laughs> I didn't tell her. I'm not hiding it from her. It just like hasn't come up. And what I've done about couple times a week when I find myself missing the TikTok experience, I go onto the web-based version and I see if she's sent me any because I don't have notifications on. So I have to manually check. And usually at least once a week, she sent me a few videos. And the joy I feel now from those few videos is wonderful. 
it is fulfilling. It's all I need because I'm getting videos that my sister enjoyed and we have a very similar taste in videos. So it's like she curated it for me. She curated the joy. And I go and I watch whatever she sent. It takes me probably two minutes to do and I'm done. So I've stripped away so much of it and I've tuned into the joy. So now what I've achieved is I've won. I found a way to kind of beat the system because TikTok isn't collecting as much data on me anymore. TikTok isn't stealing away my attention, my focus as the book Stolen Focus references. Now I feel more focused and now I feel more in control of my attention and my joy. And I even thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if I could get more people in my life to send me videos, (laughs) curate it all for me? Like, wouldn't that be cool if that was more how social media worked? I think I probably would use TikTok if it was just people sending me videos. But then like the system wouldn't fully work because we'd all be waiting for somebody to send us something instead of scrolling and curating it. Anyway, for now, I'm enjoying that limited experience through the lens of my sister and feeling like that's enough. I'll keep you posted as the journey continues. Thank you for listening. As usual, I would love to hear your thoughts. I've mentioned how I'm experimenting in 2023 with changing the mediums in which I communicate and encouraging the favorite medium of mine, which is Beyond Measure. I created Beyond Measure because of a lot of the challenges I faced with social media. My favorite part of social media has always been connecting with people like you. Truly, when I strip that away, when I strip social media down in all of these years that I've been on it, my favorite parts have been meeting amazing people, forming friendships, learning from people, seeing life through their eyes, just like I see what brings my sister joy on TikTok through what she sends me. And since I'm not using social media, I can no longer recommend that you contact me through the direct messages of a platform like Instagram. I used to to encourage that. And I'll still go on there. I probably open Instagram once a week at most and I check the messages there and respond to what I can. And since I'm currently a bit overwhelmed sorting through all my emails and newsletters and maxed out on what I can respond to and read, I conclude that the best way for me to get in touch with you, the most meaningful way too, would be for you to check out Beyond Measure and come chat with me there. And I know that's an extra step. I think that's the issue there is it requires you creating a profile and, you know, spending some time there and you might not want to be part of it. So that's the risk. But what I'm experimenting with is if you're willing to spend that time to connect with me and the other people in there, that is meaningful. Sometimes going the extra mile for people says so much. In fact, I read an article in one of these newsletters about how subscriptions, one of the benefits of a subscription and some of these platforms like Patreon, they require you to join something in order to leave a comment. And that has drastically reduced trolling and negativity and hate. This is what social media has made it very easy for us to do is to send hurtful comments to one another. And so I see the benefit in adding a barrier to communication. And right now, I'm respecting my own needs and desires by limiting things to beyond measure. So that's where I'm at today. That could change. So if you would like to comment on this episode, there's really two ways to do that today. One is you can actually go comment on the blog post. Every episode, 
at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Every episode has a blog post with a comment section, so you can go in there. I rarely ever check it, though. (laughs) I think it's set up to get notifications, but people rarely use that medium, so I would be surprised if you did that. So if that is not your avenue, the second avenue is to join Beyond Measure, which is free. I am currently readjusting it a little bit. It's historically been free. There'll be a paid version of it that you do not have to join in order to chat with me. But when you enter Beyond Measure, you can send me a message. You can also connect with the other people in there. And to me, that's why it's worth the effort for you because there are many people that listen to this podcast and they are just amazing as a whole, as a community. People contribute to one another's lives in the most remarkable ways. And that's where I've been doing the coaching. So you can come join the coaching sessions and get the benefits from one another. And that's why I'm encouraging it because it goes beyond you and me having an exchange. It goes into your well-being, which is the core of all of my work is how can I elevate your life, not just mine. And I think I want to Well, I know I want to do that in more meaningful ways. So that's why Beyond Measure is set up the way it is. So I will link to Beyond Measure. You can go check out wellevator.com if you prefer that. All the links to everything will be there. And I'll be back again on Friday with a special guest. Check out who that is. The special guest is talking about the ugly side of personal growth, which ties really nicely into today's subject. I hope you stay tuned. If you haven't yet and you want to subscribe to the show, that is available on all the platforms. And some of the platforms even allow you to leave reviews and ratings. So if you enjoyed this episode, other episodes of the show, you want to recommend it to others, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating on Spotify. And you can check out to see if the other platform you you might be using has any sort of rating or share features. I'm deeply grateful for that. I guess another way for you to communicate (laughs) with me give feedback. That's always really valuable. And wishing you the very best with the rest of your day, whatever that holds for you. And I'll be back again on Friday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.